Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At ST Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why ST Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, ST Bank is here to help. Learn how ST Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. ST Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by JD Power. For JD Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Good afternoon, good afternoon, Steelers Nation inside the electric factory. It's Euler and Motes on SNR on the day before the day before the Is Patriots the- head up to New England. Hey, man. The Patriots head up to New England. Let's try that again. The Steelers <laughs> head up to... I'm hoping the Patriots are probably already there. The Steelers head up to New England. It's the... Uh, the penultimate to the penultimate day, Muncie? It's the penultimate to the penultimate. I'm just glad that you realize it's the Patriots that are already in Foxborough and the Steels will be heading up. Kind of like, you know, is it Vance heading up there as Vance Williams or is it Vince Williams? Because that seems to be a reoccurring theme of late. Come on, man. You don't have to exercise my old demons here just one day later. Come on, man. You know, I like to always remind you <laughs> of the awesome times that we have together. And we do have some good times. Don't worry. The people were reminding me. On Twitter yesterday as well, too. Motsi, rolling along here, you and I, the next two hours inside the electric factory. I want to start with this. People, when we come in here Monday to do our show, right? Right, right. People are going to overreact to the result of Monday. We're going to probably overreact to the result of Monday. No, 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 no. One not, way not, or the not other. Not we're. You are. I, I'm, I'm still in you that I'm the, are you saying I'm the hot? Are you saying I'm the hot take guy? You're definitely the hot take, hot mentality guy, man. man That's never, just the nature of the, the beast, man. When you think about media, fans, they just, you know, they, they like to live in the moment. And sometimes they get a little either super hyped up or super down in the dumps at their uh, set performances. I I don't want to be the hot take guy. Now I feel like Skip Bayless. And... No, no, man. Your, your hair looks way better than Skip's. All right, cool. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, but you know how that works, right? right? I'm sure in Chicago today, right, mm. there are a lot of people calling into sports stations, getting on their Twitter accounts. Right. And saying, hey, the season's over. We can't win anything with Mitch Trubisky. Our what are we sucks. doing? When you quite often know, and I think the Patriots have kind of been the blueprint to mm-hmm. prove this, quite often how you look week one isn't really any much of a, a, an indicator at all what you're going to look like by week four, five, six, seven, by week 14, 15, 16, 17. Absolutely. I, I would definitely agree with that. But at the same time, I will say this. Speaking from experience with the Steelers last year, these games matter. These games you can't tip to when you can't warm up to. And this is the reason why I always laugh when I hear people, you know, have their complaints about how a team looks in the pre or how a team looks in the regular season when it opens up. Oh man, we suck or we need this, we need that. But then they're the same people that are complaining about the preseason being too long and it needing to be cut down. I'm just like, you realize this is a direct correlation to the preseason if your guys play in the preseason and they get better in the preseason they're typically going to start out a lot faster and look better but when you want to not have them out there that often or even in some cases like 
my colleague here has re- has referenced, you know, potentially shortening the preseason. I just think that that is going to continue to have a negative effect for the month of September when it comes to these games. Yeah, and I want to talk to you about some of the challenges of week one, if you will, and how right. that relates to the preseason here in a minute. But before we get there, I want to stay with this win-loss reaction thing on mm-hmm. Monday. What would a win do for the Steelers confidence-wise, setting the tone-wise? And, and yes, too, even in their own minds, a, a week one win in New England against the Patriots doesn't mean that they've just all of a sudden clinched the division and they're going right. to the AFC Championship game. But what would a win do, again, from, from a confidence standpoint, just from a setting the tone of a, a new season going forward? Yeah, uh, a win versus the Patriots week one would be huge. Obviously, you always want to start the season out getting a W. It's good for the morale, good for the confidence. But at the same time, you have to take it as just what it is one game it doesn't mean you won a championship it doesn't mean you won the division granted that Patriots team last year was a Super Bowl champs but we don't know what they're going to look like this year or how good they're going to be this year and I know from personal experience when I was in Buffalo we beat the Patriots uh pretty handedly my third game of the season in uh in Buffalo and we were on cloud nine felt like we were on top of the world sitting at three and zero, and we don't even finish the year with six wins but if you would have talked to us that week, though, we thought, oh, man, we're going to win it all because we won that game. But that's just the thing you have to realize in this league is week to week. So regardless if you win this game or if you lose this game, you cannot get too high. You cannot get too low. You have to just stay the course because each week you have to prove it. Yeah. So not get too high, not get too low. On the flip side of that, right, what would a loss mean for the Steelers Sunday night? Certainly it's not going to derail their season. Right. Uh, but it, it would be a bit of a gut punch, right, to go up there and, and start with a loss to New England, to Tom Brady in Foxborough, where you haven't had the, the, the most success over the years. Yeah, I think a loss definitely sucks. But at the end of the day, you still have to have that exact same mentality if you would have won. If you lose, it's like the same concept. Okay, let's watch the film, correct the mistakes we made, and find ways to get better that following week you can't let that loss feel like oh it's so demoralizing oh it's Brady all these other things that from the media standpoint or even from a fan standpoint these are the storylines that we like but when you're a player you have to block out all that that's a part of that shut out the noise that you heard coach Drake talking about you cannot allow a win or a loss to sway you and make something that either happen good turn into a negative because you got the hangover effect or letting one loss to the Patriots turn into two, three losses because you're still dwelling on the fact that, oh, man, it was Brady. Oh, man, we just can't get the monkey off our back. Oh, man, are we even good? You have to have that same even kill approach that, you know what, regardless of if we beat them by 50 or if we lose by 50, when we come back in that next week, we're focused on that next opponent. We're not going to allow it to either have us too hyped up or too low, and we're going to make sure that we win and take care of business that following week. Yeah, and and you would know. I mean, you've been there. Yeah, and, and it's not easy because, <laughs> I mean, as soon as the game is over, you're either hearing it from your wife, your girlfriend, your, your kids, family members, parents, friends. They're talking about either if you win, how great you are. I remember we won that game in Buffalo. Everybody's praising us. Oh, you guys are the best ever. You guys are going to end the drought. This is it. But then I think about here in Pittsburgh when we lost to them in the opener on the uh, the Thursday night game the year they won the Super Bowl. 
And I remember we was losing that game and everybody's talking, oh man, you guys suck. Y'all guys can't never win anything. Y'all guys are a failure, this and that. And then we go on and have an extremely successful season, win the division that year. So I think that's just the nature of the fan world and the media world. Sure. Whereas when you're on the team and you understand the job, you understand the task at hand, you can never allow yourself to sway too far either side regardless of the outcome. Just because you, you're going to have the hangover effect that following weekend before you know it. That's how you see teams go on three, four, five game skids. And in this league, the season's too short. You can't allow yourself to do that. Right, and I think what you just said there too, this season is so short, plays into some of that oh, fan and media. I think more so from a fan base. Absolutely. Especially one that's as passionate as the Steelers fans yeah. are. You know, it's not like baseball where, right. oh man, if you lose a game, well, we got 161. Right, more. it doesn't matter. It's not like basketball or hockey where, um, you know, if you're a Penguins fan, they got 82 games. If right. you, you know, if you root for Pitt basketball, sorry to hear that if that's the case. <laughs> Hell to Pitt. But, but they play 30 some games a season. Right. If you lose one, it's a little bit easier to turn the page and get over it right. as opposed to in football. And it, I think it works the other way too. Cause like I said, we overreact as football fans. And again, Football right. fans, Mozi. <laughs> I'm working on my transition to fandom. It's still kind of hard right now. I'm, just, I'm getting used to it, though. We, as football fans, overreact every Monday or, you know, Friday today if you're in Chicago. Right. And I'm sure, because I mentioned it, in Chicago, they're overreacting today. Absolutely. This team stinks. We can't win a game with this quarterback. Up in Green Bay, they're thinking, oh, man, we just beat the Bears, the best defense. And imagine once we get it rolling, we're going to be yeah. unstoppable. It, it works both ways. And I think, again, a big product of that is is just the fact that there's such a small sample size. It's only 16 games. It's almost hard not to overreact one way or another from a fan standpoint. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's the beauty of the structure of an NFL season. Because you have so long before the season actually gets here, all of those emotions, everything that you have invested into the team, into the, the, that particular sport, it just gets bottled up. And you can't express yourself. Preseason, you want to do it, but you're still in the back of your mind like, I really doesn't count, so I really can't buy into it that much. But now that the season is finally here, all of those emotions just pour out. All of that, the the March, April, May, June, July, that you've been wanting to cheer for a team, you've been wanting to cheer for your team, you've had to wait and hold it in. Even August, you still want to cheer for your team, but you couldn't do it all the way just yet because it was preseason. Where now it's here, you're like, I only get 16 opportunities to to cheer like a crazy person when they're playing in games that matter. 16 days a year. So when you factor in all of that, I mean, it's a genius idea when you structure it that way because the supply and demand aspect of it, I mean, they need it. They want it so bad in terms of fans, and it's not a lot out there for them to get. So it makes perfect sense for them to have these type of reactions. But I think just as a player, that's why it was always important for us to separate the two. Understand that, hey, fans are going to have these crazy reactions sometimes, whether they're positive or negative. You have to understand what they have invested in it. And for them, it's not a job. For them, this is just something that they are passionate about with no type of um, monetary investment in terms of the the amount of time that the player spends at work away from his family and stuff like that. Granted, the fans, they buy the tickets. They'll pay for the TV packages, et cetera. Bunch of jerseys. Right, but but it's a different level of investment and commitment when you're actually playing it and that's what you always would have to understand that hey they're gonna react like that sometimes and you just have to understand 
their perspective, understand what they're coming from and how this is their chance to get away from their nine to five, get away from whatever they're dealing with in their life. This is their chance to be entertained and they are invested in you guys emotionally, which is sometimes the best type of emotion, but sometimes the worst type of emotion. <laughs> sometimes it's part of that noise you have to shut out too. Absolutely. From, from your own fan base when things maybe aren't going as well as they would like. Absolutely. If they're not going as well or when they're going well and they're telling you, you guys are the best ever. You got everybody's approval. Everybody should be all it's pro. True. You can feel yourself a little too much right. in those situations. So that's why it's, it's double-edged sword with that. But it's important that you remain humble in that sense and understand that no matter what transpires in these stadiums, it's week to week. We can't allow us to be too, oh, man, we're just the best team because we went up here and beat New England. Like, New England isn't the Super Bowl. This isn't the Super Bowl week one. This is a game that you have to win, but it is not the Super Bowl. So whatever happens, you still have to be ready to do whatever it takes to get another W or get your first W that following week. I want to ask you about some of the challenges of week one and particularly how that relates now to the the 2019 ever-increasing shunning of the, <laughs> of the preseason by National Football League teams and coaching staffs. Chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody! Going to talk a little getting ready for week one, getting back into the rhythm, some of that sloppiness that we saw last night in the Bears-Packers game and how that all relates to the shunning of the preseason, as I shall now call it going forward. <laughs> Euler Remotes on Steelers Nation Radio. We'll be back in just a minute. in gold snr the challenges of getting ready for week one arthur motes you've been there you've done that uh, what is it about week one getting back into rhythm you know we saw it a little bit last night in chicago obviously uh I think, right, because you know I, I do all the research. I'm pretty sure in my notes here somewhere I have it written down. The eight, most studious guy in all the media business, baby. Eight penalties last night between mm -hmm. uh, between the two teams, between the Packers and the – or sorry, eight penalties each. So 16 right. total between the Packers and the Bears. What is it about week one? Is, is it just, again, like we were talking about there a little bit at the end of the segment, smaller sample size – um, is it the fact that preseason continues to get neglected and neglected more and more? Is it maybe a combination of a couple things? What are the reasons that it takes a little bit longer? It's a little bit more of a struggle to get back into rhythm in the National Football League. Yeah, man. Uh, you hit it on the head with the uh, preseason aspect. Uh, dating back, I, I guess, to OTAs, you think about the time you're spending getting used to playing ball, right? But it's the shirts and shorts. Then you get to training camp, but it's a limited amount of padded practices. And then you get to the preseason games where guys aren't playing X amount, whether it's for injury purposes, you want to see other guys be evaluated, or you want to save guys for the season. All understandable, all valid points. But the issue is you can't get good at football without playing real football. Not practicing, not shirts and shorts not just playing for a quarter the only way you get better and get into a rhythm is by playing football and that's what you saw in the first game those guys 
didn't have a rhythm. I mean, even at the end of the game, Tariq Cohen, who's, you know, uh, an emerging back in this league, he's cramping up. And it's not saying that he's not in shape, but has he played four quarters of football yet? No. Has he been returning punts while playing running back? No. It's a different element. Even Mitchell Trubisky. And people might be leery of his talent, but at the end of the day, when you think about the looks that he's seen throughout preseason, you think about the reps that he's gotten in training camp, in practice, and then actually in the games versus starting caliber talent, it's slim. So when you see him over a four quarter game versus a top like versus top talent, you're gonna have bad performances like that. The Packers offensive line, another group, they struggle. You got to get used to, okay, now I have to really move my feet when I'm tired. In practice, you don't get tired like that. No matter how much you push yourself, no matter how many reps you take, the way the practice is structured, you cannot get that tired, That you would, the, the same type of fatigue that you would experience from being in a game. It just won't happen. No matter what they try to do, it will not happen. Whereas when you're out there in these games now, you're going four quarters. Imagine that left tackle trying to block Khalil Mack. He's gassed. He's got to move his feet in practice. Hey, man, I'm in there for five, six plays. and I'm coming out in practice. I know it's it's this set up for that. Is that set up for that? And I'm out. But now I'm out here battling one of the best pass rushers in the NFL for four quarters. Got to move my feet, move my hands, understand the play call. I'm tired. I'm sore. All these things are going into play. When you're not out there getting a lot of those reps in the preseason, though, it's a negative correlation. You start out slow. Now, you have this conversation a month from now, it would be drastically different because sure. now their bodies have adapted to it. Their conditioning has adapted. And even the physicality, the physical element, they're on a totally different wavelength once you get those games under your belt. But just the way the preseason is structured and the way that teams go about implementing players playing more or less during that time frame, it's always going to... Uh, equate to guys having slow starts. I wonder then, right, how that relates to the Steelers specifically on Sunday night. Particularly, you mentioned it, there's there's only one way to get into football shape, and that's by playing football. Right. Uh, how does that relate then when you've only seen little snippets, and I'm not even talking as much Big Ben, or even a guy like Joe Hayden, more so, a lot of times, guys who play in the box, right? Like right. you did. Because that's where the real physicality's happen in every single play. That's where the real straining and fighting and, you know, in the trenches and the real battles are happening. The car collisions are happening every single play. For offensive linemen, for, hey, even a young guy who has had to have some preseason go at it, but someone like Devin Bush... At, how long, realistically, is it just one week? Is it a couple weeks that you need to kind of get your body back in that shape, get your body back, you know, calloused and ready for all that physicality and, you know, from a cardio standpoint as well, too? Man, it takes a couple of games. As much as people like to say, hey, man, I'm in the best shape of my life. I'm good to go. Let's make it happen. You don't get in football shape, four-quarter football shape, without playing four quarters of football. And none of those guys have done that. Now, granted, I'm not saying they're going to go out there and look gassed or even be bent over, breathing heavy. But you ask them how they feel week one versus how they feel week four. And any professional athlete will admit to you that your body, your conditioning level, your physicality level, and even your mental uh, stamina is drastically different weeks four, five, and six versus week one and two. 
that's just the nature of it. It's a different element. It's a different beast. But in particular, when we talk about Devin, I think, man, after a couple of these games, he's going to first off have to understand not only the end game aspect, right? Where you're out there playing, running around, might have cramps while you're running out there just between the different surfaces that you're on. And like I said, the workload, because now you're doing it four quarters versus top talent. So you got to work a lot harder. But the day after, how he's going to need to take care of his body? How does he need to stay ahead of it? Because we talk about the rookie wall that typically happens to guys midseason to late mm-hmm. is typically due to the accumulation aspect of the pounding, of the tiredness, of the injuries that are just adding and adding and adding on from the beginning of the season. So if you're not staying ahead of it, if you're not taking care of your body, if you're not doing what it takes to make sure your body's in prime peak uh, position your body you know the body you got to take care of that baby but if you're not doing these things early then they come back to bite you late and then that's where you see the nagging injuries or you see players that just don't look the same that rookie wall and speaking of rookies and injuries sean davis isn't a rookie correct but he's got an injury Mm-hmm. And the guy who's replacing him is a rookie. Mr. Cameron Kelly. Sean Davis not practicing yesterday. And you said all week, right, wait yeah. until Thursday. That'll be the real indicator. That is the day you want to see the guys on the field. If you don't practice on Thursday, quite often you don't play on Sunday. Maybe even the majority of the time you don't play on right. Sunday. And unless you're unless you're Ben, Pouncey, Moan, yeah. one of the elder statesmen. When Cam Troy Hayward. Paul, when Troy Polamalu was, right. was here. Yeah, guys like right. that. But for Sean Davis, I don't put him in that category personally just because he's new to that position. This is only his second year at that position. He's still a young player. It's only his, what, fourth year in the league. So in terms of the amount of football he's played, uh, the amount of uh, time he's had invested at that position is not a lot. So for me, that's kind of why I'm leaning more towards, okay, if he didn't practice yesterday, then it's probably going to more than likely be Cameron Kelly out there getting the start. And so if it is Cameron Kelly, tell me if there's a correlation here between him and the guy we just talked about, Devin Bush. If Cam Kelly has to start, which it looks like he might, right. and play you know, starters reps out oh, yeah, there. They don't, starters, they don't rotate safeties down. Starter <laughs> snaps out there. Yeah. Uh, do you think that that could lead to us seeing even less of Devin Bush Coach Tomlin and company wanting to have uh, less rookies and less inexperience on the field, or is there no real correlation there? And I'm just I'm grasping for straws. Yeah, you're doing the media thing, man. You you can't <laughs> correlate another position having injury issues to wanting to change your mentality at another position because you're thinking it's a correlation. At the end of the day, all those guys are going to have to come out there and execute. All those guys are going to have to communicate. Vince Williams is going to play because of what they want him to do in week one. They want a sure and steady hand, especially in that environment, in that setting. Devin Bush is still going to get his reps, though. When we talk about the back end, they're not going to lean on Cameron Kelly to make all the calls. They're going to lean on Terrell Edmonds because he's the second-year guy. And in this situation, he becomes the older guy. But when you look at just the defense as a whole, Mark Barron, even though he's new to the defense, he still has a numerous amount of years in this league. So he understands how to be a professional. He understands how to communicate. When you look at the corner position, you still got Joe Hayden, who's what, 10 years in now, Steven Nelson, who's still, ha- he's not a rookie. The front seven, obviously when you look at Cam Hayward, Tewitt, Bud, and TJ, all those guys have been in the league for multiple years now. So I don't think that they would change Devin Bush's play plan 
just because Cameron Kelly is going to have to take on a larger role. And they still have a backup plan with Cameron Kelly. If that doesn't work out, you still have Dangerfield, who's the steady vet in terms of understanding the calls, being in the right places as well. And we know that they trust good friend of the show, Jordan Dangerfield, as well, too. What say you on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52? I'm going to get to some reaction here in a second. Arthur Motes, it is a Friday. Oh. That means a couple things, right? What does that mean, baby? Talk to me. Well, anybody who listened to us last year knows uh-huh. that that means we do a little thing we like to call Get That Paper on Fridays. Now, now, how did that work out for you last year? Oh, come on. All right, I, I, I'll just check. It worked just out as me. well for me, about as well as it did for your bet with the Mountaineers and the JMU Dukes. Hey, I'm saying last we, we, week. Yeah. So I'm one to know. I mean, if we want to use that as our only barometer. You're right. So and, then, and then, you know, our end of the year bet is... Uh, Whose team has the better record, Jim? Oh, you, you, already or, or... Won. you already won. That oh, no, no. Nah, nah. Remember, you, y'all, y'all said you got the head start. Y'all want to know. But you have to, you have to spot me. You know, you got to give me a handicap here. I spotted you points in that game. I gave you six and a half points. You okay. Gotta, I'll give you two wins. It's not like, you know, if, if you go, oh, two, two and a half. Two and a half. How do you even get a half a win? I gave you six and a half points. Yeah, that makes sense for points. It makes how, sense for wins, too. How? You know in Vegas, like, if you went to bet on the Steelers, so, their so, over-under right now is nine and a half wins this so, season. So, so what is the half? Thing, how do you right? get I'm the half? I'm not just making this up. So is that if we tie? You can't that's tie right. in college no, football. It breaks, it breaks ties. But you can't you can't tie in college football. Remember, they just keep going. In no, 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 NFL, no, you can tie. Not four ties. It breaks the tie on a bet because let's say you gave me two games, right? Okay. And WVU finishes with seven wins and JMU finishes with nine wins. Okay. Then we tied. Okay, okay. We're going to do that way. That's perfect then. So two and a half. I give you one and a half. No, I gave you six and a half points. Two and a half. You were a big 12 I team. We you, were on the road. I told you right now, my record prediction for WVU this season was four and eight. No, I but think you, JMU's going to Oh, win no, man. Games. Come on, man. Come on. Don't be scared. I'm not scared. I'm Don't realistic. Be scared. Don't be scared. I'm, I'm wearing my media hat so, here. Not so, my so super even fan if, hat. even if you only win four games and we win 11 games, that two and a half isn't going to matter anyways. Right. So why aren't you giving it to so me? So you then? might as well not even want it. Why aren't you giving it to me? You then? might as well not even want it. Why aren't you giving it to me? You're a Big 12 football powerhouse. Uh, I don't know about powerhouse. <laughs> Y'all are 1-0. Y'all beat one of the premier FCS programs in the nation. Two and a half. Go two and a half. I don't even care. All right. Take yes, I got him. Yeah. yeah. Mark it down, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. So Friday, before we get out of here, we'll give you some predictions for uh, some games around the league, some lines that we like, things of that nature. We're also, Motsi, going to do uh, little division predictions, playoff predictions, yeah. schedule predictions for the Steelers, that kind of thing. But it is also today being a Friday, a five-star Friday. Uh-oh. Got to get the matchups, and you know that, baby. And you know what that means. Uh-oh. Talk to me. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup! Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we're in it! Arthur Motes will give you the five biggest matchups, the five biggest things you should be watching in Steelers-Patriots. Uh, we'll do that in about a half an hour, about 27 minutes to be exact here on the show. One o'clock, we will uh, go back into Professor Motes' classroom and have a little five-star Friday. Joseph chimes in here. He's hitting all of our bases that we've talked about here to start the show, Motsi. Chicago, and I think Joseph lives in Chicago. He says Chicago is in an uproar. They're already talking about we could have had Mahomes. <laughs> it's like that, man. It really is. Sometimes it is like that. This is why I believe you need preseason. First couple of weeks is always sloppy if you don't have those reps to echo Tunch and Wolf. Uh oh. Game speed is spa- game speed is faster 
than practice speed. That's something that, that you were just talking about, Absolutely. just alluded to there, Mozi. Our buddy Steel City Reese says a win in Foxborough means we're sending a message to the NFL. It's not a Super Bowl, it's a big game, and a big game is a boost of confidence. Let's carry that for the next 15 games. So uh, I like that take from, from Reese, and that's one of the things that I asked you too. I right. think that is the biggest thing to gain from the Steelers. They believe that they can be the class of the AFC. Right, absolutely. They went up in Sunday in Foxborough, and they might know that they're the class of the AFC. But that's with us assuming that the Patriots are still a top team like that. Every Ooh. year is year to year. That's all I'm saying, man. That's true. You're it's right. year to year. David chiming in here, and he hit us with another good Photoshop today that you, <laughs> that you can see on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at DaBody52. DaBody. Keep pounding Connor and Samuels. Keep, eat the clock. Keep Tom Brady off the field and get out of Dodge. And pray Ben doesn't come out rusty. <laughs> we got this. Yeah, that that's that's the thing that I want to see, Mozi, is how much of the sloppiness that we saw from the Packers and the Bears on Thursday night, last night, it carries over for everybody else around the league. Uh, maybe it looks a little different for some teams that have an extra few days to prepare. Right. I'm not sure. Um, maybe it looks a little different, too, when you've got more veteran teams, some teams that have been together, a lot of a lot less moving parts, maybe, if you will, like the Patriots have, like the Steelers have, a lot of continuity in those organizations, uh, as opposed to the Bears, who had a lot of turnover, as opposed to the Packers, who have a new head coach. I don't know. Maybe that helps the Steelers and the Patriots cause, but we shall see. We shall. We shall. <laughs> One more time, if you want to chime in on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52, when we come back, I want to talk a little Steve Nelson and his redemption tour that, <sighs> that, that begins on Sunday up Absolutely. in Foxborough. And also, in, our, in my opinion, in Arthur Motes' opinion, in your opinion, which Steeler player or mm -hmm. coach or front office personnel member has the most pressure on them to win to have success in 2019 we'll get into all of that when we return it's euler remotes it's steelers blitz it's the electric factory and as always it's on snr there's always pressure and expectations at the start of a Pittsburgh Steelers season, Arthur Motes. This is Pittsburgh. This is Pittsburgh. Yeah, this man. This is Sixburg. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's always pressure to perform here in Steelers country, across Steelers nation. You are expected to win. You are expected to compete. You are expected to contend. The standard is the standard. You know that. Every single year. With that in mind, Professor Motes, as we get closer and closer to Five Star Friday here, Although, are you only Professor Boats on Mondays, or is that fair on Fridays, too? I'm always a professor. Okay. I got That's a master's I like. degree. I know that. you got a master's degree. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, in your mind, which Steeler this year, and again, this could be a player, this could be a member of the coaching staff, this could be someone in the front office, who is under the most pressure to have a quote-unquote successful season? Oh, man. Due to how... Last season played out. Steelers are making the playoffs due to uh, what's the past five, six years now with them not even having a Super Bowl appearance. I really think that Coach T has the most pressure to not only get these guys back in order, but to also get back in the playoffs and, and make a run. You know, last year, them not making the playoffs was it, it didn't make any sense why that should have happened. And they still have a plethora of talent, even with the guys that have departed. 
So for me, I look at Coach T as you're the leader, you're the captain of this ship. You got to get them boys right. You got to lead them in the right direction. And I think he will. I think he's done a phenomenal job this offseason navigating through all the distractions and also keeping the guys focused through the training camp situation that happened with uh, the passing of Coach Drake. Yeah, He's been able to keep those guys through the highs and the lows, through the tragedies and everything that's been around this team. He's been the one constant that's been getting those guys prepared, getting those guys ready to do something this year. And I think that it's on him. And I think he will handle that situation. I think he will have these guys in order and ready to go this season. But I definitely he has the most pressure right now. Yeah, certainly. It sounds weird to say because he's this is his 13th season with the Steelers. He's never had a losing season. Right. But... As you've said, the standard is the standard. We know in Pittsburgh, uh, from the top of that organization to the bottom, and of course the entire city, the entire fan base, Steelers Nation, which transcends Western Pennsylvania, the expectations are much higher. Absolutely. He could be any, if he was any other organization, well, probably outside of New England, any other organization though. My my dad is uh, from Chicago. He's from the Windy City. And he's lived in Pittsburgh now for over 30 years, but he was born and raised in Chicago. And so he likes every Pittsburgh sports team. Right. But he loves every Chicago sports team. Right. Yeah, you, you, you understand how that works. He's, you know, grew up there, but he's been here for 33 years now, I think. <laughs> um, his first job out of college was here, and he never left. So since he was 22, he's in his 50s now. I don't want to give his exact age. Sorry, Pops. But anyways, uh, we're, he came over last night, and we were watching the just the first quarter of the Packers-Bears game, because he's a Bears fan, obviously. And we were talking about Coach Tomlin in that regard. And he said to me, it's so insane because aside from the Patriots, Mm -hmm. the Rams, I think, with Sean McVay, the Philadelphia Eagles with with Doug Peterson, maybe the Chiefs and Andy Reid, the Saints and Sean Payton, five teams that would say, no, we're not interested in Coach Tom. I, I, I don't even I, know if the Chiefs are on well, that And list. I would even put, did you put the Seahawks in there? That's fair, too. Yeah, well, with Pete Carroll, I think Pete he's Carroll. another one. Okay, yeah. that's a good one. But six teams. Exactly. I, I, I mean, there's three teams in the Steelers division, I think, that would, would kick down the door for a chance to, to interview Coach Tom. And that includes a team that has a Super Bowl winning coach Absolutely. right now, currently. But it is, like you said, it's been... Now, since, what, 2011, the last time the Steelers yeah. were in the Super Bowl? I mean, people in Cleveland are, like, laughing. They're just trying to get there once. They were just this, trying to win. They're just trying uh, to win uh, a division. Uh, think about they were trying to win a game a just a year ago. Game. They were trying to win a regular season game just a year ago. But when you lose a playoff game at home to Jacksonville, and then you don't make the playoffs the following season, expectations and pressure start to build. I'm with you on that. I think, too... I would agree with you. I think it is Coach Tomlin, and I think a lot of times in sports, right, that's just how we look at it. Right. The coach, the manager, is quite often the number one fall guy, right? Doesn't always yeah. get the most success when the team does well, right. but when the team isn't doing well or the team is underperforming, it usually falls first on the coach's shoulders. Well, and that is the funny thing. If the Steelers go out there and win a Super Bowl this year, it would be because of Big Ben. And and look what Kevin Colbert, and Colbert did with the brought roster the staff in, and Juju Smith Schuster. Right. right, but if they lose and don't make the playoffs, it's because a hey, Coach Tomlin he didn't get those guys prepared to play. Is on him. He should have got the. He should have got more out of his talent. That's it's, like you said. It's funny how that always works, but that is the always been the consensus. Is they win in spite of and they lose because of. 
There is no in between with it, and it's unfortunate because when you talk about those other teams, like you said, outside of the six that we named, any other organization would want him because of what he's been able to do, because of the success, because of the way he's able to lead men. Yeah, uh, 24, 25 NFL teams, I think, again, would chomp at the bit if Mike Tomlin was a free agent. Right. Uh, another guy, though, if, if we're going to go players that I think is, is going to have a lot of eyeballs on him, is going to be under a microscope, is the quarterback, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with a lot of the stuff that has transpired, a lot of the things that Antonio Brown and even you know Josh Harris and some other ex-players have said, uh, I think for Ben, he is in a great position in the sense that if he comes out and the Steelers do well and he leads them to a division title, he's going to get a ton of the credit. Absolutely. A majority of the credit. 85% he, of it. <laughs> he, he will be, if the Steelers have a good season, a successful season, a double-digit win season, a division-winning season, he will be on a short list of MVP candidates. Absolutely. But if the Steelers fall short, along with Coach Tomlin, uh, he'll be the guy that a lot of the, you know, some of those, the Ben, the, the ben haters out there, They would definitely will, come out. They'll come out and say, see, we told you so. He's not a good leader. He can't win. It was all Antonio Brown and Levell. Right. And, and, you know, and James Harrison and, and some of these other guys who used to be there. It was all Bill Cowers, guys. <laughs> he's one of the Cowers players, man. Come on. He, he's another one that I think, you know, at the end of the season, it's going to be like you and I. It's, it's a thing we joke about. Everything's black or white in the sports world. Right. There's no minutia. There's None. no time to have real nuanced conversation. We have, to, we have to operate in absolutes only. It's going to be an, an, an all-pro type season from Ben Roethlisberger, or it's going to be a, oh, he's finished, get rid of him type I can't season. believe you give him an extension. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's, I think that those, those are the two for me that are interesting to follow. Absolutely. And another guy, I don't know from a fan base or from a national perspective that has a ton of pressure on him, but I think certainly has a lot of expectations within the organization, right. is Steven Nelson. Mm-hmm. And... Let's face it, he did not have the greatest of games against the Patriots Correct. in uh, in Kansas City in that AFC Championship game. But as Adele chimes in here, he says, Can you please have Moats explain to the people that Nelson had to play man-to-man over 60% of the time with little sugar? Calm down, Steelers Nation, <laughs> and let them know it'll be different in our scheme. We certainly know he's a guy who's capable of playmaking. And he's going to want a little redemption against Tom Brady in those Patriots Sunday night in Foxborough. Yeah, without a doubt. But then I'll take it a step further. Not only does he want redemption, he's a part of a way better defense. When you look at the rankings between the Steelers defense last year and the Chiefs defense, it's not even close. But then you factor in the talent that's on the Steelers defense. If you're looking at Steven as one of the bottom 11 on that defense, I still think that's a great situation to be in. I know people talk about how often he was targeted last year playing man coverage. Okay, I understand that aspect as well. But he still came up with four interceptions, which is huge. You look at how many times our our, uh, corners were targeted opposite Joe Hayden. How many times they were targeted and find out how many interceptions they had. So for me, I would rather have a guy who's going to produce interceptions while being highly targeted than the guys who won't. That's just the nature of that. But I will also say this, man. When you put a player around other talented guys around the expectations associated with this team this defense in particular guys raise their level of play 
you don't come here and take a step backwards. You come here and it elevates. You play more inspired ball. You understand what's at stake. You understand the 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 situation. You look at what happened with Joe Hayden. Uh, I, I talk about myself as well in that example because coming from Buffalo, you just the situation isn't the same. The expectations aren't the same. But then you get here, you get a part of this organization. You're part of this defense where you're seeing all these other guys who are rising stars. And you want to be a part of that. You want to make sure that you're doing your job. You want to make sure that you aren't the reason you aren't the reason why something might not work. You want to be the reason why it's successful, why we're being a really top notch defense out here. And I think that's what Steven Nelson is going to experience. And I think it's ultimately going to help his play this season as well. And like I said, I expect him to still be targeted a lot when we play New England. Simply because you got Joe Hayden opposite you and teams don't want to go at Joe because Joe is Joe. He produces. So, Steven, you're going to get your opportunities to silence everybody that talks about you, silence the guys who might be doubting you. But at the same time, I I look at it like this is an amazing opportunity because you're going to have a chance to be one of the key contributors just because of the volume of activity you're going to receive. Yeah, it's a great point by you. I think you could probably say a lot of the same things about Cam Kelly, right? Uh, they're going to be targeted if if the Patriots' history tells us anything. Right. And we, we know that's how Belichick and Brady like to operate. And, uh, yeah, I like that point by you where sometimes, and, and kind of alluding to what uh, Adele said on Twitter too, sometimes if you just get a guy in a situation, a different environment, different expectations – Right, using them in a different way. Absolutely, uh, it can really it can take some burden off of their shoulders. It can make things easier for them. It can make things slow down for them. And hopefully, yeah, that does happen for Stephen Nelson. We know he certainly has some redemption on the mind uh, against the Patriots. Our buddy Rico Suave chiming Love the in name. here, Mozi. Do Love you the think name. this will be more of an old school football game? Big uglies pounding the football, drag out type of football game. I personally don't. I don't think it's going to be as high scoring as a uh, as our buddy Batco thinks yeah, with, with the thirty points and but, stuff like that. But it'll that. be more high scoring than last night's ten to ten to three Bears yeah, Packers game. I, I, I'm seeing seventeen ten that range. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I seventeen ten. Okay. I'll, I'll give you my official prediction. We'll give our official yeah. predictions later on in the show. Uh, but I might have a little more points than that. Um, but. We'll see. You got to tune in later in the show when we Absolutely give our predictions. And we official get that paper. predictions. Official uh, around uh, one thirty to the end of, end of the show is yes, when we'll be getting indeed. into all of that stuff. Uh, Keith here wondering: the Steelers have been working on some split back formations involving both Connor and Samuels. Will we see any of that? Will they pull it out against the Patriots? I personally think they do. I don't see why. Once you're getting to the regular season, you're holding on to certain uh, packages like that. If you think it helps you win. Now is the time to implement it because these this is when the games count. You don't have time to drop games and say, "Oh, we'll get it next week." Oh, we'll we'll get it next time. Like, uh, it's time to do it. So if you got the 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 split back packages or the packages where both of those guys are out there, I think we call them pony, where you have two running backs out there. You got to roll with it, man, and make it happen. Execute it at a high level. Another hour to chime in at Wesley Euler at the Body Fifty Two on the Twitter. Body. When we come back. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup because we in it. 
It's a five-star Friday. Arthur Motes, the keen veteran football eye, will tell you five things, five matchups, X's and O's talk, specifics that you should be watching for on Sunday night that will determine the result of the game Sunday night. It'll be five-star Friday when we return. It's Euler Emotes. It's the Electric Factory. It's Steelers Blitz right here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold Steelers Nation Radio. Tell you what, Motsi, if that doesn't get your blood pumping, I don't know what will. It gets me I just, fired I up, I had to let it marinate there for a second because like it's it. Friday. Friday. Of Steelers Patriots Week. Uh-oh. Oh, it's a big one Sunday night, Motsi. It is a big one for your Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> and who better to tell you what to watch for? Who better to tell you the important matchups? Who better to tell you... What the game is going to hinge on than our very own Professor Motes, Arthur Motes. It's Friday, and last Friday we we did a, a five-star Friday, but it was yes, more indeed. in relation to the final preseason game. Correct. So this is our first, the real inaugural. Come on, man. It's regular season time, baby. Five-star Friday. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Everybody we play is a five-star matchup. Arthur Motes, take him into the classroom. All right, now listen up. The first matchup in this five-star matchup Friday is the Steelers' interior linebackers versus the Patriots' running backs. Yes, that includes Devin Bush, Vince Williams, and Mark Barron versus James White, Sonny Michelle, and Rex Burkhead. Now, Due to this tight, due to the tight end situation for the Patriots, we know that they don't have that option, that safety net there anymore. I don't think that Julian Edelman or Josh Gordon have the mismatches that you typically associate with the Patriots. So, how would you attack the Steelers defense? You got to get these running backs in the open field and make these linebackers play in space, which is why for the Steelers to win, it is key that these Steelers inside linebackers not only cover these running backs but make these open field tackles it's imperative that they do that so that's the first matchup in this five-star matchup friday now the second five-star matchup is my man james connor versus the patriots front seven now we know that the patriots what they like to do defensively is double your number one receiver get them out the picture potentially put their number one corner on your backside receiver and make you beat them in the box now, the only way that they can do that is if their front seven or sometimes front six can stand up versus the run, can stand up versus the running backs. So for James Conner, when you look at Jalen Samuels last year, rushed for over 142 yards, that changed the game. So I need James Conner to do the same thing. Make them have to walk an extra safety in that box. Make them have to come out of that double team on Juju because they cannot stop you in that box with seven guys. Mm. Make them allocate eight men to you. And if you do that, then the Steelers will have a ton of success on Sunday. Mm. Now my third five-star matchup is a combo piece. Whether it be James Washington or Dante Moncrief, whenever they're out there, they have to win their matchup versus whatever corner they put over there. Whether it's Stephon Gilmore, whether it's one of the McCordy brothers, it doesn't matter. Even if it's J.C. Jackson, it does not matter. You got to win that matchup because they do not respect either of them as a number two threat yet. 
So the only way you can get that respect is if you go out there and prove it. And this is a perfect showcase game for them. This to is a perfect respect, opportunity you gotta for them respect. to go out there and get that spot. Be the number two guy. Make teams fear you. Now, the fourth matchup in my five-star matchup. Vance McDonald versus the Patriots linebackers or safeties. Now, they typically like to rotate depending on the matchup. Sometimes they'll allocate a linebacker to that matchup versus Vance or the tight end position. Sometimes they'll walk a safety down. Patrick Chung has done it sometimes. But the thing is this. Vance, we know what your athletic ability is. We know you can be a mismatch. We know you have speed. We know you can run routes. But you got to dominate that matchup. If you win that matchup, that changes everything that can make up for a number two receiver not producing the same way that can make up for james connor not having the type of day on the ground we want if vance can exploit the matchup versus the patriots linebackers and safeties it'll be a great day for the steelers and my fifth and final five star matchup steelers special teams versus the patriots special Ooh. teams now, when we look back at last year's game, it was a tight game, right? It was a nail-biter. Even the but, one the year before that as well, too. Absolutely. But what was the thing that iced the game last year? It was sitting at 14-10. And what happens? Chris Boswell nails a 48-yard field goal in the fourth quarter to seal the deal. If he misses that kick, Brady's getting the ball, a couple minutes on the clock, only down four. That's a game-changer. It's important that Boz goes 100% on all field goals 50 yards and in. 50 yards in, he has to be perfect. Also, it can be no mistakes and penalties in this phase of the game. So when you're doing your kick coverage, your punt returns, your kickoff returns, you have to be clean. No blocking in the back, no holding, because that kills you in terms of the field position battle. So that's this week's five-star matchup. It's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Five-star matchup. Anybody we play, it's a five-star matchup because we're in it. Arthur Motes, you got my blood pumping there. I mean, if I couldn't get even any more ready for Sunday night, now I'm fired up. I have got a bonus uh -oh. for you here. Let's do it. A matchup, right, that I don't know if I want to call this a bonus, the sixth matchup, or if mm -hmm. I'm just, if I, if I want to be a student here and ask Professor Motes a question, a follow-up question. Let's do it. Office hours, let's do it. Office hours, that's right. This is an office hours one for you. The Steelers defensive line against the Patriots' offensive line, mm -hmm. particularly the left tackle position for the Patriots mm -hmm. and the center position for the Patriots. Mm -hmm. At left tackle, they have Isaiah Wynn. He's a talented player. He played at Georgia in the SEC. He was a second-round pick, the highest offensive line draft pick Bill Belichick has ever selected mm -hmm. during his time with the Patriots. But he didn't play a snap last year. He had an Achilles injury right. and missed the whole season. It's essentially still a rookie. Correct. At center, you've got a guy called Ted Karras, who I've never heard of, but he's started in all of five games in his NFL career. So between their left tackle and their center, two most important positions on the offensive line, they've got five starts between them in their career. I want to see the Steelers defensive line and TJ Watt and Bud Dupree and all those guys in the front seven, Vince Williams and Devin Bush even too, be heat-seeking missiles in the backfield. I want to see the Steelers take advantage of that offensive line all Sunday long. When we talk about that matchup, Coach Tom would always tell this to A.B. 
obviously AB was an elite level talent here in Pittsburgh. He said, it doesn't matter who they put out on you. It doesn't matter the coverage. We're booking that as a win. When you're out there, we're booking you to win regardless of what you face. So when it comes to the Steelers front seven, in particular that pass rush, I'm booking that as a win. I don't care who it is. It can be all pro. It could be somebody off the practice squad. The Steelers front seven, there's no reason why they shouldn't win in the pass rush game. They shouldn't dominate the line of scrimmage when you think about the talent that's up there with T.J. Watt, Bud Dupree, Cam Hayward, Stephon Tua, Javon Hargrave, Tyson Alualu. Mm. There's zero reason why they shouldn't dominate that matchup. So that's why I didn't even want to include that because I'm like, hey, certain matchups, you just book that. That's book. Now, if it was the Steelers defensive line versus the uh, Steelers offensive line, well, now we have a conversation, but I'm booking this matchup. This is this is guaranteed to happen. They're going to dominate that matchup, and we saw it last year as well. We did, and maybe even a little bit the year before. Yeah, too, absolutely. Where again, it hasn't happened in Foxborough, but the last two years, your Pittsburgh We've Steelers got after have them. outplayed absolutely. the New England Patriots. Got after them. Definitely remember that, man. Uh, especially, I guess, the one I was in, not this past year, but two years ago. We got out there and hit Brady a ton. Mm-hmm. Once again, chucking and ducking. That's that's the recipe. That's how you get them. So, like I said, when it comes to that D-line versus the Patriots O-line, I, I yeah, I'm booking that. That's the wise words of Coach Tomlin. We booked that. We're not even going to talk about that. You're going to do what you do. One of the big themes of the offseason, Motsi, has been turnovers. From the defense. Uh, and and cutting them back on offense as well, too. But Correct. forcing more on defense. Uh, only 15 last year forced by the defense. You and I discussed this back in OTAs. If you want to be a Super Bowl winning team, you want to be in at least the mid-20s. Right, absolutely. In, in that regard. So that's something that since the season ended at owners' meetings, in OTAs in minicamp, at training camp, preseason, now regular season, turnovers, turnovers, playmaking, splash plays by the defense. So, in your expert opinion, how do we see that play out this year? We, we've seen it throughout preseason. It's like it's been contagious. Right, absolutely. Every unit's been forcing turnovers. So, if I got to ask you to put your analyst hat on, your prediction, your prediction hat on, how many tor- turnovers are they forcing this year? Do we see that number take a substantial increase? Yeah, I think that number does take a substantial increase for a couple of reasons. First off, when we look at the interior linebacker position the additions of Mark Bannon and Devin Bush give you a lot more in terms of playmaking ability in the pass game when they're matched up with tight ends and running backs. They are more dynamic in coverage than John Bostic, LJ Fort, and Vince Williams have been. So that's the first reason why I think that we're going to see that number increase. The interceptions that you would associate with Ryan Shazier when he was playing in the zone, uh, running across the middle of the field and things like that because of his range. That's what you're going to be able to get now with a Mark Barron and a Devin Bush. Second aspect, when we factor in the Steven Nelson, the fact that, like I said, he was targeted a ton last year, but the four interceptions are huge. And if he's going to get targeted again this year, you have to assume that that's going to continue to grow in terms of his productivity, whether he's getting two, three, four interceptions again. But then also... Joe Hayden should see some more passes now as well because after Steven gets some turnovers, teams are going to say, okay, well, maybe we need to come back and try Joe. I think that that equates to more turnovers. Then also when we talk about the pressure that the front uh, front four are going to be bringing, 
a lot of those sacks last year, I mean, even the ones that were sack force fumbles, they just weren't recovering. So sometimes that's the way the ball bounces, but I like to play the odds, and there's no way that that happens two years in a row or even three years in a row. So I personally think that you have to equate to some of those going to happen as well. And then the emergence of uh, Terrell Evans on the back end. Mm -hmm. I think, obviously, everybody knew the type of athlete he is, but now mentally I think it's starting to catch up with his athletic ability, which makes him a scary player. And just by him understanding what he's looking for pre-snap, he's going to be able to play a lot faster and be able to get to passes that last year he might have been a step behind on. So these are all the things that I think help out. And my final reason why, think about the amount of dropped interceptions we saw or the amount of times where he they has it instead they fumble, run into but each other jump on it right absolutely all of these aspects but tj watt last year forced six fumbles and they only right. recovered one absolutely I think, right so when you think about all that stuff i think the emphasis that they put in this offseason training camp preseason i think all of that pays dividends now i think all of that comes to fruition now and i think that's the reason why we'll see them i think personally 25 plus Ooh. Absolutely. I like it. That's a prediction from Arthur Motes there. You heard it here, baby. When we get back, we'll get into some more prediction. How does the season play out? Who's in the playoffs? Who's maybe winning some individual awards? Motesy and I will do some predictions as well as what we think is going to happen Sunday night up in mm -hmm. Foxborough. Duh. We'll get to that, too. And we'll get that paper before we get out of here as well. Has to get the paper. We're going to do a little pick them, and, you know, of course, that'll lead to a little trash talk as well, too. Chance for you to chime in still on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at TheBody52. TheBody. We're going to put on our tinfoil hats and pull out our crystal balls and tell you how the NFL season will shake down when we return. It's Euler and Motes on SNR. This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, Arthur Motes, it's time to break out that crystal ball that I know you love to hoard from everybody. Come on, man. I keep it in my, uh, my treasure chest. That's what I do. <laughs> It is prediction time, partner. You know, it's it's that time in the season where everybody tells you, you know, how the season's going to shake out, how you should feel about this, how you should feel about that, and who are we to deny the good Steelers Blitz Electric Factory Power Whew. Grid listeners? Can't do that to them. Come on, man. They're too good to us. Of all this knowledge that we've got floating around in our craniums. Knowledge is power. So let's uh, start with the NFC, yeah, and then we'll work our way into the AFC, ultimately the AFC North, and get into the Steelers, yeah? Absolutely. Let's do it, man. Let's hop right into the NFC East, uh, a division I think hasn't had a repeat champion in something like 11, 12, 13 Something years. crazy, yeah. It's like the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles like rotate every year, and then maybe once the Redskins, the Redskins once were in, like one year with RG3, yeah. they were in there. That's I like how you want to throw your little Eagles in there, too, man. It's cool. Uh, what do you mean, throw my little Eagles, in, little there? Eagles in there? And then the most recent team in that division won a Super Bowl. Yeah, you're right. And I, But how many Super Bowls did they have total? One, that's okay, fine. They, they, can have, they can have zero. That's, that's well, okay. if, if they had zero, then the Patriots would have seven, and now we're just opening a whole can of worms here. Oh, so you did? it, it was a sacrifice. I got you. For the betterment of the team, I got you. I'm with you. Yeah, come on. Okay, respect, respect. <laughs> the NFC East, Arthur Motes, I think the Eagles and the Cowboys 
are both good teams. Mm-hmm. I think they both make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the Eagles win the division with like 11 wins, and the Cowboys are on their heels with 10 wins as a wild card. Huh. Okay. And then the Giants <sighs> and the Redskins are both well below 500. <laughs> as much as I uh, hate to agree with you in certain situations, especially when it comes to your Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, gosh, here we go. I do have to share that sentiment with you that I think the Eagles will win that division. I have them at 10 and 6. Yeah, I think that they just have a lot more stability. I love their defense. Uh, offensively, I'm, I'm banking on Wentz being healthy. You know, your sunshine and rainbows. Let me ask fairy you. Tale. Let me ask you that. How many <laughs> games does Carson Wentz play this year? Uh, well, let's say over under fifteen and a half. How about that? Oh man, <laughs> I'm gonna say under. Okay. I think he misses a game or two. Just you know. Typical ankle, whatever. Sure. Because he's just his style. He's not the sit-in-the-pocket type of quarterback. He's going to take chances. As much as we talk about him being a smarter quarterback, not putting his body out there as much, he's going to do that. That's just how he is. Side prediction for you here, because I think it's relevant right now, Mm -hmm. and I was going to throw this out there at some point in the next two segments to you anyways. I think the MVP this year in the National Football League is a three-horse race. Okay. All three quarterbacks, as we know, it quite often is. Quarterbacks mm-hmm. win MVP. You know, they're just the prom kings. All right, all right. Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Ben Roethlisberger. Uh-huh. Benjamin Roethlisberger. And Carson Wentz. <laughs> those are one of those three guys, Arthur Motes. I would be willing to throw down a decent amount of money that one of those three wins the MVP. <laughs> now, you're laughing at me. I am. And he was three games away from winning the MVP two years ago. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never How know. many licks does it take to get to the right. center of the Tootsie Pop? <laughs> we'll I, I would know. rather you would just go ahead and put that bet solely on Carson Wentz being the MVP race. Don't Because Mahomes and Ben, that's like, okay, they were in their race last year, realistically. But Wentz is the one that you really want to put your money on. But that's how you're kind of guarding your bet. Mahomes is the... Vegas betting odds favorite right. right now to win MVP. Okay. And, and, and Ben is up sense. there as well. I think Ben is probably... You think he's higher than Wentz? We might have to look that up before yeah. we get that paper. That's all I'm saying, man. If you really want to put the money on your boy Wentz, just say, oh, my boy Wentz. I bet that Wentz will be in the Why MVP Why don't you race. bet on your boy Tom- TB12? Your boy Tommy. For the MVP race, I would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like my odds better than yours. <laughs> last last <laughs> NFC. Wait, you want to make a little friendly wager on that? We got time. Okay, we will do something because you're right. We got time, but yeah. I'll take Wentz. You take Brady. If one of them ends up winning the MVP, but we'll... I personally don't want to vote for Brady. I want to vote for Drew Brees. Well, it could be. It could very obviously not saying, be yeah. either of them. So I'd if it's be Drew Brees. Brees, then we just yeah. you know. But we'll have a bet for one of us if one of those guys doesn't. Uh, your boy TB and my boy because that's definitely your went, boy Wentz wagon. Uh, last NFC East question for you, Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. Over under. Half a game started for the Giants this season. So does he start a game for the Giants this season? Absolutely. I personally think because of the Giants offense right now, the injuries and the suspensions, Eli gets off to a slow start. Eli continues to look like he's on the decline. And I see them making that switch, man, midseason to the end of the season. Absolutely. 
NFC North, you've got some capable teams in this division. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got some good quarterbacks in this division. You've got some not so great, maybe a not so great quarterback. Uh, Here you go, overreacting (laughs) on Monday. Uh, (laughs) You already know where I'm going with this, Motsi. I'll be quick. I've said this yesterday. I've been saying this for a few weeks now. The Aaron Rodgers redemption tour is is going 2019. I think they finally fixed that defense. Uh They've got, in David Bacchiari, uh, I think the best pass-blocking tackle in Uh all of football. Ball. Okay. Packers win that division. I think the Bears and the Vikings are both right on their heels. Mm-hmm. I think it ends up shaking out the Bears, the Vikings, and the Cowboys. Two of those three teams go to the playoffs as the wild card. Yes. But I'm picking the Packers to win the NFC North. <sighs> Once again, I don't want to agree with you, but when I look at that Ooh. NFC North and I look at my options. I say, okay, I got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I got Mitch Trubisky, or bump that I have the Bears defense in the Bears. I got Matthew Stafford. I got Kirk Cousins. Out of all those, the best quarterback by far far. is Aaron Rodgers. And it is a quarterback-driven league. So I do have the Packers getting in 10-6 winning that division. Now, I still believe that the Bears will be that wild card team. I think they'll find a way to get nine wins, especially Bears with that defense. Bears and Cowboys, defense. then? Are you no, I have wild- Bears as my wild card. I don't have Cowboys in it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so we'll get to your second yeah. wild card here. So, But one of your wild cards is the Bears. Absolutely. Okay, and so you think, uh, what about the Vikings? They close? They in the wild card race? Eight and eight, nine I, and seven? I have them eight and eight, honestly. So okay. I guess that's the wild card race, though, if nine and seven is going to get you in the wild card. Yeah. Yeah. The two teams that were the first teams out of the playoffs last year, the Vikings in the NFC, the Steelers in the AFC. And and special teams was a big part of both the struggles for both of those teams in a lot of close games. We'll see how that plays out if that changes this season. NFC South. I'm going to let you go first on this one since I've stolen your thunder on the last two. Yeah, I know, man. So for me, man, I'm a big believer in Drew Brees. I think that... He continues to stay on his hot streak that he's been on the past couple of years. I think that they're still fired up, especially having back-to-back years where they were talked about as potentially being, you know, the Super Bowl favorite, and they're coming up short back-to-back years, NFC Championship games. I personally think that Drew Brees is a MVP candidate. I think that he's right on the cusp of winning it. He just keeps getting bad matchups like Pat Mahomes last year. But for me, I have the Saints winning that division. I have them actually at 13-3. and three. I think they're going to win a ton of games this year down in that dome. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the Saints, this is a discussion that we had last week. I said I think they have the best roster in football just on paper. Absolutely. Uh, you know also what I think about Sean Payton, which makes me a little skeptical of the Saints in the playoffs. But yeah, I think they're the class of this division. I really like the Panthers. If Cam Newton didn't have so many questions Absolutely. around his health, That's if Cam Newton was concern. going into this year 100% healthy, no questions, I think the Panthers could win double-digit games. I do, too. But you know how that works, too. We've we've talked about this before, and it kind of relates to SD a little bit in this way, too. Sean Davis, I think, if you don't go into the season healthy, it's so hard to get healthy once the season's going on. It's only downhill from here, baby, from a health standpoint. Yeah, <laughs> and so I think the Panthers, hey, if you're telling me that they end up winning nine games, something like that, and Cam Newton's relatively healthy, okay, I'd believe you. But if I'm putting my stock into somebody in this division, it's certainly still the Saints, still the class of the NFC South, I'd say. Absolutely. Uh, quick thoughts on the bucket or, uh, on the Falcons. They, a lot of times, flip-flop. One year they're bad, one year they're good. Yeah. 
You, you think we could see a you know a nine ten win a wild card type performance from them? I mean, in theory, if you were playing the odds, it's hard to say they're going to be bad again. It's it's time for them to get their swing back up. Um, I just personally, I'm, I'm not a believer in Matt Ryan, and especially now that Cam Newton is quote unquote healthy, I think them and the Saints, in particular the Panthers and the Saints, right. I think that becomes the class of the division. I like how we don't even mention Tampa. <laughs> no love for Jameis. Real, real quick, is Jameis Winston the starting quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers next year in 2020? Ah, man, I doubt it. I'm not believing it. Okay. I feel like we know who he is by now. Yeah. Having Bruce Arians there at least gives me a little hope. Yeah. But I would say it's probably a 70%, 75% chance yeah. that, that they are moving on from him after this season. They let their their starting quarterback walk last year. Ryan Fitzpatrick. <laughs> it's magic. That's my quarterback. The <laughs> NFC West, they sent the NFC representative to the Super Bowl last year. That was, of course, the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. How does the AFC West shake out in 2019, Professor Motes? Man, I got the Rams. They're going to handle business. I think that they're going to be the two-seed, actually, in the NFC. Um, when you look at just the other teams in the division, I have a ton of respect for the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, that defense. Obviously, the addition of Jadavion Clowney makes it that much scarier. I think Pete Carroll still finds ways to get those guys going and I actually have the Seahawks as my other wild card team. Okay. But the Rams would definitely win that division. I actually have them winning 12 games. And I think for the Seahawks, they'll get in with nine wins. But I think the other two teams in that division, they just, you know, the Niners. I don't believe in Garoppolo. No. Not at all. The Cardinals, uh, God bless Kyler Murray, Kyler right. Murray this year because he's going to be running. Absolutely. So for me, that's why I'm like, yep, it's pretty clear who I think is going to get in and, and these two teams in that regard. It's a real have and have nots in that division. Yes, without a doubt. And it's no uh, gray area in terms of that. It's either you got the Rams who are extremely stacked, the Seahawks who are stacked, and then it's the Cardinals. You're like, ooh, ah, not so nice. Yeah. Yeah, I this is a tough discussion for me. I think the Rams win the division, mm-hmm. but man, there are I, I talked about the Bears and the Vikings and the Cowboys and, and the C, th- There's four or five teams that you could see winning a division, making a wild card in the NFC. Yeah. It's a deep conference this year. It is. Well, on paper, it is. It, it, it yeah. right on paper right now. You could have a team in the NFC win ten games and not go to a wild card game based on a tiebreaker or something like right, that. Absolutely, it, it's going to be interesting. But the more and more I think about it. Man, and the Jadavian Clowney trade changes a lot for me. So for me, it comes down to, is it the Seahawks or is it the Bears in the playoffs? Do you trust in Russell or do you trust in Mitchell Trubisky? I trust in Russell. Okay. And now Jadavian Clowney's in the fold. They got B. Wagner. And I'm not moving the Cowboys out of the out of the playoff picture. I just think, I think some of these other teams have better coaches. I think some of these other teams have maybe even... Yeah, similar quarterback <laughs> situations <laughs> with the Cowboys and the Bears, uh, but I just man, the Cowboys roster is really good. It's tough. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Did you just put Dak and Mitch Trubisky in the same category? No, I'd much rather have Dak. Oh, Cowboys! I'd much say, rather golly. have Dak, but it's not like Dak is Russell Wilson. <laughs> true, yeah, true. But yeah, I was just saying, man, it. like I'm not a Dak supporter or a Dak believer, but is you he, can't disrespect is he Dak. Close, is he closer to Russ or to Mitch? He's closer to Russ. Dak yeah. is closer to rest, without yeah, a doubt. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go Cowboys and Seahawks as my two wild card okay. teams. I think the I think the Bears 
or I mean, or the Seahawks or the Cowboys. One of those teams could win, or all three of those teams could go ten and six. Right. And then you have some type of tiebreaker situation. Absolutely. The, the Vikings could even be in there. It's going to be an interesting year to see how it all shakes out in the NFC West. But I do think Jadavian Clowney makes a big difference for me. Yeah, that anytime you get a premium, a premier pass rusher, a guy who could just be disruptive, create havoc. That always changes the balance of things. I think so, too. And they're going to know how to deploy him. They're not going to ask him to bend around the edge like the Texans did so many times. AFC West. Let's move to the AFC here. Arthur Motes. Uh, This is one that if you would ask me this a few weeks ago, man, I would have felt really good about the Chargers. But not so much as much, 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 much now with some injuries to the defense, some questions around Melvin Gordon. I think the Chiefs win the division. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the Chargers are a wild card still. Okay. And I think the Broncos will be better than people expect. Like, I don't think they'll double-digit wins or anything like that. But right. if the Broncos went 8-8, eight and eight, that wouldn't shock me. What about the other team? There it is. What about them? Yeah, they're really getting off to a good start, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's another 3-4-5 win season maybe oh, there before they before they jet off to Las Vegas. Yeah, have fun with that last season, Oakland. Here a lot, we go. lot of talent out there, though. Come on, man. There's a lot of talent, but it might not necessarily be suiting up on, <laughs> on Mondays this week. Yeah. Uh, so I think the Chiefs win the division. I think the Chargers get in as a wild card. What say you? Yeah, I, it's funny. I think you looked on my paper because I agree as well. I actually have the Chiefs. I don't think it's close between them and the Chargers. I think the injuries that you talked about with the Chargers, Derwin James in particular, hurts the Chargers a lot. I have the Chiefs winning 12 games. I think they'll be the two seed in the AFC. And I do have the Chargers in that wild card at 9-7. and seven. I think that both of those teams are still very talented. They both have top-notch quarterbacks. Phillip Rivers will get you the wins that you need in the regular season. We obviously know Patrick Mahomes is going to do what he does. And I think the addition of uh, LaShawn McCoy to that Chiefs offense is a huge upgrade. And uh, you think about the Chiefs also locking up Tyreek Hill on a three-year deal. All of these things, man, just help them out a ton. And I think they get those 12 wins. I agree. Uh, I think there'll be some regression for the Chiefs, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be this major. Not at all. They're going to go nine and seven, like yeah, a lot yeah, of people. You know what? Seen. Instead of Pat Mahomes throwing for five thousand and fifty touchdowns, he'll throw for four thousand eight ninety nine, right? Yeah. And forty five, forty six touchdowns. You know, <laughs> and say what it was you a will, down year. Say what you will about Andy Reid in the postseason, but in the regular season, oh, his teams top notch. rarely aren't. You know in at least the division conversation as the season comes down the line he he is a fantastic coach regardless of what you say about him when the when the playoffs roll around uh quickly here arthur motes afc south another one division that's kind of been thrown into chaos Mm -hmm. texans titans jags colts i'll go first that way you don't cheat off my paper that's right Uh, i'm going texans i got him at 10 and 6 i think with Andrew Luck retiring, that changed the face of that division. Because we would have probably, I'm sure, both picked, oh, the, picked Colts. the Colts. Oh, Would have had them making a nice run in the playoffs, hey, too, man, with, with my boy Darius Leonard. But uh, without him, I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett the way the Colts do with them offering, well, with them giving him a two-year $30 million extension. For me, I think Deshaun Watson is an emerging star quarterback in this league. I love the pickup of Carlos Hyde and uh, Duke Johnson. Obviously, in the receivers, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and you bring in Kenny Still in a trade. Laramie Tunsil, one of the best young left tackles in the game right now. You still got a healthy J.J. Watt on the other side of the ball. It's set up for them to be awesome in that division. And then you look at their competition. 
the the biggest test they're going to have is Nick Foles and that Jaguars team just because number one is Nick Foles the best quarterback that Philly has ever had. Philly, but Philly. Then, but then number two, you think about Leonard Fournette, Jalen Ramsey, and that defense. I think that can be a, a difficult task for the Texans. I don't believe in the Titans at all, especially with their quarterback situation, whether it's Marcus Mariota or eventually transitioning and to their Ryan best Tannehill. Offensive lineman yeah, missing the first four games. Yeah, so for me, I think that the Houston Texans are set up to win that division handedly. I'm with you, too. I think it's the Texans' division comfortably. Yeah. Uh, but I do think wouldn't surprise me if the Colts won eight or nine games this year. Oh, I agree with that. If they're able yeah. to, you know, just win games on defense, control the clock on offense, well, and, not and, make mistakes, you know, kind of like that Bears formula right. that we saw last year. And, and let's be real, is Jacoby Brissett a terrible quarterback? No, no not at all. No. We're just saying it's he's not Andrew Luck. He's not a top five quarterback in the league. Right. Like if, they had. If, if Andrew Luck is on that roster... I could see them easily winning 10, 11 games. Mm -hmm. But now it's Jacoby Brissett. So, yeah, they eight, They might even win nine games. But it's just he isn't the type of quarterback, the same caliber quarterback as a luck. I think he's more in the Mitchell Trubisky category personally. But, you know, that's the beauty of this game. We're going to find out when he plays. We're going to see what he has to do. Two divisions left. The AFC East with the Patriots in the AFC North, of course, with your Steelers. How do those divisions shake out? How does Sunday night shake out? Uh-oh. And what are some matchups that we like across the rest of the National Football League? Well. And you know how I like to do this. I might have even thrown in a college football matchup uh -oh. in there for you all well, you, as you well, too. You know I'm too. always ready, man. I'm always ready. We will tell you how the rest of the league shakes out, how Sunday night plays out, and we'll help you get that paper. All when we return, it's Euler Remotes inside the Electric Factory Steelers Blitz on SNR. It is a game day Friday. That can only mean one thing. We're uh -oh. going to get that paper here in a few minutes. Only thing to do, baby. Only way to do is you know that. Five games once one is always the Steelers game. I like to put a college game in there. Five games for you that we're going to tell you how you should, uh, you know, maybe lay some money down if that's something that you're interested in. If that tickles your fancy. If, if you, you want to put a little paper out there. If you want to get that paper. But first, we got to wrap up this prediction talk here, Arthur Motes. The AFC East. Wow, I wonder how this division could shake out. All right. Well, for me... <laughs> I have the uh, New England Patriots winning that division. For the 37th straight year. They keep it consistent. I actually have them being the number one seed in the AFC just because of that division. I feel like they book a lot of wins in there. I got them at 13-3, and three, one of those losses being to your Pittsburgh Steelers, potentially. And uh, <laughs> I do actually have two teams coming out of that division, though. I think the Buffalo Bills, man. I think they get in at 9-7. and seven. They had the number two overall ranked defense last year. I think that they have the potential to take a step further and become the number one ranked defense in the league, man, with a lot of young emerging players. Uh, the other Edmund brother, Tremaine, um, I think with him, Ed Oliver, a lot of the time that they've acquired both offensively and defensively, I think that they have enough to sneak in and get that last uh, wild card spot, man. But as far as the AFC goes, man, we know it's the Patriots division. Yeah, I agree with you. You said 13-3? and three? Yeah. I don't know if I'd give them 13 wins. I think they'll still get the double digits. Okay. But maybe 11. Okay. Um, I don't know if they're the number one overall seed this year. I think, like you and I discussed a little bit yesterday, they're still going to be great. They're oh, still yeah. going to be one of the biggest contenders, if not the biggest contender in the AFC. Right. I just think they are... 
they're getting older and older. Mm-hmm. And Father Time is undefeated. You can only fight that for so long. And they've got some injuries and some suspensions right now, too. You, you, you keep hanging on to that. I am. I'm going to give them 11 wins, I think, is where I'm okay. going. And I'm with you, too. I've been on the Bills train since back at OTAs. Uh, I think the Bills and the Jets both will be in the wild card conversation. Mm-hmm. I think both could win nine games. Uh, and I think the AFC, the wild card race is going to be way more wide open than it is in the NFC. Absolutely. In the NFC, it's going to be more highly contested. In the AFC, you're going to have way more teams who are still in it because yes. there's going to be so much gray area in the middle. Absolutely. Um, and so I think the Jets and Bills are both in it. But I'm with you, too. I've got the Bills as the sixth seed behind the Chargers as the fifth seed. Those are my two wild cards. So only one more division here, Arthur Motes, and it is, of course, the AFC North. All I'm going to tell you is that the Browns ain't winning it. You they got ain't going to win it. You got the Bengals winning it? <laughs> oh, my gosh. This is Andy still- Dalton, Red Rocket. You know my thing for redhead quarterbacks, baby. Gosh. Andy Dalton and Carson Wentz. This is, this is Steeler Nation Radio, all right? Nation I, I told you all back in OTAs when Arthur Motes originally said the Steelers were going ten and six and they were going to lose to the Patriots. People don't forget. Uh-huh. I told you the Steelers were going eleven and five. Okay, because I thought they were going to beat the Patriots. So that's your eleventh win is the Patriots. That's what you're saying. No, that was the difference. You that was the difference you and I had on the schedule. We had other we wins and losses. But that don't, was one don't. that was a dip. Now you got the Steelers with eleven wins. Yeah, I'm saying is we had other games. Don't don't make it like I, oh that's the game. One of the games that I had the Steelers. Come on, man, this is radio. I'm trying to make right. it dramatic here. I would say because because the one that I had come switched. On, play along with. Oh, me, here you go. But okay. One uh one game though that I had the Steelers losing was against the Colts. Dude, that's the game that I had, and that's the game I switched. Okay. Yeah. I'm switching that game too, but I think I'm still going to say it eleven and five. <laughs> I, you know what I think could be a real trap game for the Steelers is okay. that trip out to San Francisco. I already said that you're copying it'll, me. It'll, it'll come off the. Me. It'll come off the. Oh, well, you're copying me now, saying they're going to beat the Patriots. So welcome to the party. It'll come off. What? It'll come off the. I've been saying they were going to beat the Patriots since OTAs. Stop you said it. they were going to lose. I got the tape Stop right here. We can pull it, it out. Stop. So um, so now you're going to change and say they're going to lose to the Niners because even, of West Coast I'm Road just saying That's we saying. know the success they've had. I, I'm, here's all that I'm saying. I think they're going to lose a game that none of us think they should lose. Mm-hmm. But I've got the Steelers at 11-5. and five. I've got them winning the division. I think the Browns and Ravens are both 9-7 and seven teams. Although, if you saw on Twitter today, the Browns... Comp- posted this crime against humanity about taking pepperoni slices of pizza and a hot dog and using the pepperoni slice of pizza Worst as the bun. thing ever. That confirmed to me, Motsi, that they're going to have a disappointing season. You can't just post something like that and not have the universe what, come listen, for reparations. When you showed me, what did I say to you? I said, that's why they suck. <laughs> that's exactly why they suck. You don't put hot dogs in a Seven pepperoni pizza and roll nine it up. season confirmed. Like, wow. The Steelers won the division, and I think it's this year. A I think the Ravens and the Browns are right there, but I think it's a I think it's a one playoff team this year. What say you? No, I agree. It's a one playoff team. I do have the Steelers getting that spot at eleven and five. I think when I looked at the roster again, and I looked at some of the moves that have happened around the league, um, a couple of games that I had to switch, I felt that they can go in there and get that win versus the Patriots to start out. Just thinking about how teams traditionally. In New England, start out slow. Whereas I'm thinking that the Steelers, they have a lot more motivation right now. They've had one of their most quiet 
training camp in preseasons in terms of distractions and stuff like that. And I think the the motivation that they'll be playing with in terms of wanting to represent Coach Drake as well, I think all of that plays into it along with the pressure that Coach Tom is going to be feeling. I think that all of those things equate to them getting the job done. But I do agree with you in terms of some of these slip-ups, you know, it's some of these uh, quote-unquote inferior opponents. Do you – you got a Super Bowl prediction, a championship game prediction for us you want to share? We want to wait a little bit before we get to that Man, point. Man, can, can we wait? It's week one. Jeez. All right, who's your Super Bowl prediction? How about this? How about we say this right now? How about just who are your two first-round buys for each conference? How about that? Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, that works. Yeah. Does that work for you? That works. You like I, that? I, I guess that works. Okay. Uh, you bet not say the Eagles either. Oh, they're definitely one. It's just is it is it the uh, is it the Saints or the Rams who are the other <laughs> one? Saints and Eagles are your uh, your top two seeds. In the oh NFC. man, Saints one, Eagles two. Golly, in the okay. AFC, I'm gonna go Chiefs one, Steelers two. How about that? Okay. For me, I, I literally have the exact same matchups as last year. I got okay. Saints one, Rams two. I got uh, New England one, Chiefs two. Okay. Yep. I think uh, the Chiefs defense. I still think it bites them a little bit in terms of getting that number one overall seed. And then, like we talked about with the Patriots, man, being in that uh, AFC, the AFC East, man, it's just it's not the same. It's not like playing in some of these other divisions where they really have competition each and every week. So for me, that's why I think they still get the nod to get that first round, that, that first overall seed, first round bye. And then when you just look at the history side of it, for the past how many years now? Twelve. 12 years they've had that first round bye. Yeah. We've been in the AFC championship game, I think, eight or nine straight years. Absolutely. So I think that's the biggest thing. And with the Steelers, I think just because they historically drop a couple of those games, in particular, I'm looking at this at 49ers. I'm looking at this at the Jets. Even the Thursday night quick turnaround when they go to the Browns after coming off of the game versus the Rams. That's the type of stuff that I'm just kind of like, man, I think that – some of those add up a little bit, and that keeps them from being that two seed. Okay. And we will, you know, we're going to keep receipts on all this as the year plays out. You know, our loyal do it, power grid listeners will be chiming in as well and keeping you know, us on our toes as well. And it's funny, man. This is I got to get used to because uh, when you're a player, you don't think about any of this stuff. You don't. Let me see who I think is going to win that division or this division. All I knew you was who? about your own house. Yeah, right? that's it. Yeah, so this You're is so weird, man. You're not concerned about the shrubberies that your neighbors Not planting. at all. You're yeah. manicuring your own lawn. Listen, me and my wife have this discussion all the time. She's like, hey, babe, do you see what the, the, the such and such did to their house or their yard? I'm like, actually, no. I'm so, like, zeroed in on just, like, my thing. Because in football, that's all you're conditioned to do is right. you put the shutters on. You don't look at anybody else. You just worry about what you got going on, period. So for me, man, I'm 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 trying to broaden my horizon. I'm trying to start painting with a broad brush, but I only have uh you know narrow brushes right now. So I have to go to my toolbox a little bit and upgrade. Well, hey, if you got red paint, you're gonna paint your barn red. <laughs> That's the truth. <laughs> Arthur Motes, as we always, you know, we've been pretty cordial up to this point. We have, but it's time have. to put on the boxing gloves Uh-oh. now. You don't want these problems. And as we, you don't want zero problems, big fella. As we always do before we get out of here on Fridays, it's as time... we proceed to give you what you need, baby. It's time <laughs> to get that paper, which obviously includes uh, our Steelers prediction here. Yes, sir. 
Five picks coming up for you. One of them always the Steelers. It is time to get that paper. All right, Arthur Motes, I'm going to start with you here, and I'm going to get right into it. Monday night, the Denver Broncos travel to Oakland. Monday night, the Oakland Raiders' best player ain't going to be there. He's not going to be in uniform. He's not going to be there. He might not even be on the West Coast. We don't know. But what I do know is that the Broncos are only two-point favorites in that game, and the Broncos are going to win that game by more than two points. Give me the Denver Broncos minus two Monday mm. night in Oakland. Okay, okay, you got the Broncos minus two. For me, as much as I, I can't do it, I'm trying to talk myself into taking the Raiders. I hate that pick. I gotta agree with you. Unfortunately, oh, I have to on that one. Yes, as much as I don't want to do it, I have to. That Raider man, have you seen the Raiders? <laughs> do you see what's going on with them right now? Everything's leading up to this game. Do you really think? I, how can I tuck myself into that? How? Huh? How? How, Wes? How? It's a slam dunk for me. I made I, how? I made two bets already. One of them was last night on the Packers. I won that bet. Big $15 coming at you, boy. Okay. And another one was the Broncos. Yeah, that, yeah. they're going to win that game. By I can't. I can't I, yeah, I just can't go with that one, man. Any other one, we good on. That, that, yeah. If you know anything about me, Arthur Motes, you know that I'm not a big believer in the Detroit Lions, particularly their okay, head coach. Okay, now we're talking. Let's I go. I call him the pencil fraud, Matt Patricia. Let's go. Okay. But the Arizona Cardinals, first game for Cliff Kingsbury, first game for Kyler Murray. Yes, they're at home, but behind that Swiss cheese offensive line, the Detroit Lions are only favored by two and a half points. Mm. Yeah, give me the Lions minus two and a half. They go in there and win by six or seven, something like that against the Cardinals. All right, okay. For me, I will gladly take that bet. Give me the young... Gunner himself, Mr. Kyler Murray. I think they get the job done. They have to win by what? Three points? No, they just—they just got to win. You're right. They got to win. The Lions got to win by more than even. They could lose by two points. Absolutely good. Yeah, taking the Cardinals. I'm gonna rock with the Cardinals. Give me the Cardinals plus two. Let's do it. All right. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New head coach Bruce Arians. Okay. Last chance for Jameis Winston. Hey, very true. They are at home against the Niners. Uh Uh-oh. We know the Niners have their own issues going on. Mm -hmm. And we know traditionally how tough it is for teams to go from coast to coast. Yeah. Particularly when you're asking a team to do that week one. Oh, yeah. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are favored by a point and a half. Oh, man. Yeah, give me that all day. They win by three or four points. Give me Tampa Bay minus one and a half. All right, all right. Tampa Bay minus one and a half. And now that you've schooled me up on what a half point means, (laughs) you know, as much as I would like to think that they could get the job done, they could cover that spread. I don't believe in Mr. Crab Legs. I love Bruce Arians' hats, but I like the Niners in this matchup. I think with Marquise Goodwin out there, he's going to give me something special. Former teammate of mine. I always like through for my former teammates. Then at the same time, granted, I haven't seen a lot of Garoppolo. But when he's healthy, he's been all right. I like Garoppolo. I like my boy Marquise Goodwin. I don't like the running back situation, but I like the tight end situation. I like that defensive line, too. Defense line looks beautiful. Bosa and Thomas next to each other. And then, and then we got my man Richard Sherman out there. The elegant trash talker. Give him to me. I'll take the Niners. Let's ride. 
All right, your bonus college pick'em game for me this week, Motsi. It better not be WVU. Oh, it's WVU. I hate WVU. If you know one thing from last year, I don't like to pick for or against the Mountaineers. I don't like to poop where I eat, to borrow an an old expression. Smart man. But my Mountaineers are rolling to Missouri on Saturday. Oh, gosh. A Missouri team that just lost to Wyoming. Uh Uh-huh. Not the Josh Allen Wyoming. All right. The post-Josh Allen Wyoming. Uh-huh. And I don't necessarily think the Mountaineers are going to roll into Missouri and snatch a W from Kelly Bryant and the Tigers. Right, right. But they're getting 14 points, Motsi. Missouri's plus 14? Plus 14. Jeez. So, again, I don't think if I'm picking money line, I don't think they'll be going there and, and win. But I certainly don't think they're going to lose by two touchdowns to a team who just lost to Wyoming. <sighs> Give me them Mountaineers plus two touchdowns. Wow. That's tough. Plus 14. Kelly Bryant transfers from Clemson. I like his style. He's a cool, dope name. I like Kelly. Just sounds cool on a guy. Whew. WU did barely beat my JMU Dukes, who are an elite program. So I do have to give them some respect in that regard. But I don't want to take a shot at my man Danucci, but I have to say that Kelly Bryan is better than Ben Danucci. So with that being said, give me Missouri oh, plus 14. We're going to make it happen, 14. baby. Let's go. You mean Missouri minus 14. Minus 14. Excuse me. Yeah. So they got to win by 15 or more points. And that's fine. <laughs> that is fine. Because if we had, if, if Danucci, if Danucci connects on any of those touchdown passes last week, just one of them passes is over for you guys. Hey, if Chris Boswell makes an extra field goal, maybe the Steelers are in the playoffs Absolutely. And A.B. still here? If if and butts are candy and nuts, oh, maybe. Wow, now you're really uh, opening Pandora's box. You're right. All right, we're running out of time here, Mutsi. We've got about a minute, minute and a half left. Last but not least, the Pittsburgh Steelers in Foxborough Sunday night. Woo! Let's do it. Against the New England Patriots. Woo! Let's do it. Two franchises. Woo! Uh-huh. Trying to get the seven first. Woo! Arthur Motz, I'm going to let you go first on this one. The Steelers are favored by five and a half points. How does it look against the spread? And just who wins the game? Man, against the spread, five and a half points. I personally, uh, I don't like that all the way. I have the Steelers winning, but I think it's 21 to 17. So but I think I said that right. Oh, I'm getting five points. So you know what? I do like that so, thing. Yeah. Boom. There we go. I tell you, I'm getting new Wait, to this betting thing. Did I'm you new really to say 21 to 17? 21 to 17. I wish we were doing a TV show so I could show everybody this is not a lie. I have Steelers wow. plus five and a half, 21 to 17. Wow. <laughs> Cannot make this up. So, so it is said, so it shall be done. Steelers 21, Patriots 17. Wow. We will recap, get that paper on Monday, talk a little trash while we do it. That'll do it for today's show. Motsi, it's been a lot of fun. Wow. Big shout out to everybody who chimed in throughout the week today. We really appreciate it. And Wes on the ones and twos. Yeah, I'm producing the program today too. So I guess a big thanks to our guy Wes for producing the program. <laughs> Absolutely. As well too. <laughs> Euler remotes, Steelers Blitz, Electric Factory. We will be back at noon on Monday on SNR to break down everything that happened Sunday night. We'll be bright-eyed and bushy-tailed with our coffee ready to go. Let's get it. And ready to break down a Steelers 21-17 victory. Am I Absolutely, right? man. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Euler Remotes, you have been inside the electric factory Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the team who's about to start the season 1-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers.
Life's an adventure, and it's waiting. Hi, this is Merrill Hodge. At s Bank, they know life's for the living. That's why s Bank offers solutions to help you get the most out of it. Whether you're investing in your home, planning for the future, or just making the most of every day, s Bank is here to help. Learn how s Bank can help you live the life you want at stbank.com. Member FDIC. s Bank was ranked number one in customer satisfaction with retail banking in Pennsylvania by J.D. Power. For J.D. Power 2022 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards.